I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, dammit! Ah, we'll have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You wanted your file? I found you your file. You wanted out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you no use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlet. I knows you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was gonna love me? Who, who was gonna make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets your shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost it right this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I really do hate margarine. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and I smell dog strappings. you know when you said that there was a moment where it took me to a Derek wills place (laughs) it kind of was yeah i should have like i really do hate margarine (laughs) a little bit more of a kid but that sounds like Derek too Derek is a man child in a way right you know maybe Derek wills is a grown-up bruno jenkins whoa wow alternate universes i mean i i love the idea that Derek worked off the baby fat stopped eating the raisins off of the scones you know, yes. isn't a mouse anymore. And now he's directing theater in New York. I think it's a real success story, given what we saw yeah. him go through. He has Jane Horrocks to thank at the end. She finally, Ugh. don't forget about Bruno. Ugh. I love that that's the last line <laughs> in the movie is I don't know. forget about Bruno. You know, forget, forget we don't talk about Bruno. Don't forget about Bruno. Yes, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, we we haven't done this in a couple of weeks, but if I remember correctly, we uh we talk about best supporting actresses on this podcast and while she is first billed, I think in a lot of ways Angelica Houston in 1990s The Witches is truly a phenomenal supporting actress role. Yeah, it's like a supporting actress with the volume turned up, to quote Ina Garten. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do think it's like a very featured player in a somewhat like ensemble sort of movie that's basically all women, minus a few people. Yeah, I mean, that, I was going to say, like, this movie is like, it's basically women and mice. It's women and Jim Henson puppets <laughs> and and Mr. Bean. And it's like, I'm good. <laughs> I know. It's so, I had not seen, I feel like I had read the book in like elementary school, of course, and I feel like we watched the movie, you know, they wheeled the cart uh-huh. in, that was, you knew it was always a good day when the cart was yep. there, oh God, um, and we watched it, and there's certain scenes that we'll definitely talk about that were very formative, and just like, um, what did they, what did they call them the core memories Mm -hmm. were unlocked left and right as i watched this it's been so long yeah this is uh and obviously you know we are in fact here folks given the title and the direction this conversation is going we are in fact here to talk about the witches and and certainly specifically angelica houston but you know as you said there's uh heaps of heaps of ladies and men in wigs uh in this movie oh my goodness yeah and and absolutely uh kinder traumas you know just like things that i 
saw as a kid because I saw I remember seeing this you know the the family that lived behind us the Wetzels I don't think I'm doxing anybody because nobody lives in that house anymore and you know, uh, Caitlin's got a new last name. She's, you know, they're all doing great. I'm sure Terry's remarried, you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, their address is this social security. Number. Yeah, right. But they used to live on Stanley Place. That's all I'm going to tell go. you. Um, Stanley lovely Place. people. I, I saw so many horror movies because of Dave Wetzel, just like taking us to easy video and letting us rent whatever we wanted. And um, they must have had. The Witches on VHS. This was probably the early 90s, you know, 92 through 94, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. Or they had taped it off of HBO or something like that. But I remember watching The Witches uh, at their house all the time. And like, or that was like the first time I remember really watching it. And it was like a part because like uh, I would, it was Andrew and Caitlin and I was, you know, friends with both of them. And Andrew and I used to, we were obsessed with The Witches. We would I, I feel because we would like you know play make-believe and like you know uh, imagine we were being chased around the backyard or that we were on the swing set but we were really like you know flying through space whatever and we just were bruno jenkins and luke skywalker granted that you know not his last name but that's what we called him uh yes. and and it was just a part of our like ch our our childhood friendship was the witches and those two names and those two characters and like um the dogs dropping things and uh, a big bar of chocolate, you know, like these were just like these yes. little like earworms from like before the age of 10. I love that. I feel like the movie has such a childlike pace. You know what uh -huh. I mean? They really linger on a lot of stuff. This movie could be like 45 minutes if they really want it to be, but you know, but it's also like fun and zany and campy and like a little spooky, you know, if you're around like that eight through 10 age, it has a great cover by the way too. Oh, like the movie yeah. poster is so cool. I love the purple of that, of that cake. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that being said, it's an, you know, it, it's in 90 minutes and, and a couple of pennies and well, yeah, like they certainly kind of like linger in some scenes it zips along, you know, like it covers, it, does. it covers a lot of ground in the first half hour. And it's just short of a 30 minutes in where we get the, the big conference, you know, which is just like, I forget, or I, I didn't appreciate it until this time, like the work that Angelica Houston is doing in this scene, you know, I know as Peppermint said, I cannot believe what they are asking her. Yes. <laughs> It is unbelievable. It, I mean, she is she's commanding this scene, you know, at, at points in full prosthetics, you know, it's it's just wild. And so like that, then that whole sequence with that incredibly scary chase scene, which we'll talk about, happens. Yes. And like before you know it, we're at the climactic dinner. I was like, oh, shit, this all happens over like two days. Yeah, it's I mean, there's like the dinner scene in Hereditary and then there's like the conference room scene. And yeah. I feel like it is so, uh, you know, everyone throws out the word iconic, too. But like it, it is it is like what I think of first mm -hmm. and what stays in my mind. And watching this again, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like the smoke and then like them taking off their shoes. I did not notice that the men in this conference room, let's talk about it now because yeah. I was cackling. And but of course it makes sense 
to have men because like you got to put so many prosthetic bald caps on these women. Just throw some men in there. I loved it. Well, and it helps kind of create this like world of like creepy looking witch ladies where it's like, yes. oh, it's not even a woman. It's 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 like a it's like a dirty old man in a wig. You know, like I and especially watching this so many times as a kid and even now, I have my favorite witches. You know, like oh, of course. If this was yes. a visual situation, we could do like a visual countdown of like, like I, I could tell you like. I have my the, the number one scariest witch in this in this movie. There is one that scares me more than any other witch in this movie. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to say it's the woman in black. For me it was, but maybe she's too big of a character. Is she like is she someone in the crowd? She is The woman in black is great. She's a real like featured ensemble kind of she is, Weston yes. nominee cuz cuz she's a real memorable energy and like um but it's not her. There are okay. so many one. There's so many little ladies in the crowd that I love, but the one that scares me the most, and it's really, it's the movie, it's the moment, it's the editing, it's the music, is during that whole chase sequence when the baby carriage is going down the hill, and there's that one down on the rocks by the water who's like clapping and cheering. <laughs> she always scared the shit out of me. Like, that was so horrifying that there was just this like wild, what was she doing down there? You know what I mean? How did she get there so fast? Yeah, yes. just like, cheering for the baby to come flying over the cliff and it was you know Whoa. and it's like the because the, there's like the cut of that like you know that bigger older one like hustling down the path like oh there's a pram coming and then it cuts to the crazy one by the water and it's like oh my god get the baby luke get out of there like this is no good news happening on this hill at two o'clock in the fucking afternoon I know. It's just like uh, the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I will say, he jumps through a window yes. to get out of there. Yes. I got to say, <laughs> there are so many ways in which this movie is kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <sighs> she wears a mask. He Leatherface a wears scene. a mask. There's a dinner scene where a lot of crazy shit goes down. Um, uh, the parallels. Yeah. Really. It really, it's, it's pretty nuts. Um, well, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen The Witches for whatever reason, uh, and and to be clear, I have never seen and have nothing to say about the remake. Just I was just going to ask. I, I have not. I were always sort of rooting for it. Not sort of. I am rooting for Anne Hathaway, and I'm proud to say it. Um, but I think some things are just better left untouched. Yeah, you know? like regardless of, of how good it may or may not be, I just think there's something about this movie where it's like, just don't touch it. Just leave it alone. And me watching the remake is only like me putting my hands on the hot stove willingly. Oh, you yeah. Know? I, th I think especially with because it's so near and dear it's like i to change the subject and not but to kind of go with what you're saying too i i feel like they're doing this clue remake mm. and it seems to be greenlit and then it never like it's like a ryan reynolds thing right and but i don't know any of the women that are cast i hope it never happens it's like trying to do like troop beverly hills or death becomes her it's like you can't you just can't right and even if you do get really good casting because it's like i don't know who else is going to be in this potential clue remake i've heard about ryan reynolds yeah. i could see someone like cecily strong in a movie like that but even like that or Kristen wig or thinking a lot of snl ladies obviously um but even i think we'd have to yeah, yeah but even if you got that kind of like level of casting there's still the writing won't be the same the direction won't be the same like the thing about 
clue. And the thing about the witches, I think, is that like trying to do a remake of something that's done so kind of specifically and perfectly and like, you know, kind of just in, in a very like in a specific way. And we've probably talked about this before with other remakes. Anything that you do, any anything that you do, is always in reference to the original. It's not its own thing, you know. Yes. And so, like in my mind, what I'm trying to say, the long this is the long way of just saying that, like watching the witches remake, I'm just going to keep thinking about how it's different from the original, you know. Yeah, I mean, the remake even has Stanley Tucci. We love him, but even an Octavia Spencer. But like, even they can't save it yeah because i think you know with this one the kind of the the specificity that i'm talking about is like it is it all feels uh, kind of what you're saying there's like a it 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 marinates and things it all feels like a really great like it really captures the tone of what it feels like to be scared as a kid you know what i mean like i think yes it's we just did an episode on poltergeist and all right mary and we were talking about how in Pol- can't wait to listen to uh, that. It was really fun to do another episode on it, and there's just like so much more, and just more Diane talk, of course. Of course, of course. Um, but we were talking about how, like, in that movie, it's like there's the creepy tree outside, and there's the storm, and there's the mm. clown, and there's the closet, and all of these things that scare you as kids and scare these kids in the movie are things that then end up trying to kill them, you know? And yeah. I feel like. There And maybe it's because I saw this as a kid, but there is something about Luke hiding and being trapped in that conference room, you know, while this whole awful, you know, uh, you know, meeting of witches is happening. That was just so terrifying to me as a kid. Like the idea of like, oh, God, I hope they don't see me, you know? Yeah. Or being stuck in the painting. I remember that really yep. stressed me out. Yeah. Like, Where are they? <laughs> right. And then you're just like, and like, and how it's represented and that like, there's no happy ending to it. It's not like. And they age. They it age. really is yeah. terrifying. Right. And these are things that if you see it as a kid, like as an adult, we can like say, oh God, that's a creepy idea. But seeing that as a kid is like, you don't have that like mature point of view to go. It's just a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, um, May Zetterling, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Helga, like she really does set the scene here. Oh, I love the whole opening. I love the yeah. way that there is like, uh, you know, it, it's before we even get set up with like Luke's life. It's really like her, his grandmother and like take a drink every time the name grandma is said in this movie. Um, I know. Yeah. Is her setting the world of like, there's witches out there. And I grew up, when I grew up, there was a, a girl who disappeared and telling us the story of the painting. Like it, um, yeah, that was a great setup. I got so, I felt like, uh, I learned so much about like the world of the witches and like a 10 minute opening. Yeah, and she doesn't sugarcoat it at all. I I feel like she's just like a really great actress in a, you know, not really well-written movie, but kind of campy movie that does a really great job. Yeah, she's, I mean, this is like her last role, and she had been uh, for, you know, for years, I think maybe often not in the U.S. Like, I am I think this is the only movie I've ever seen her in, but I know that she had a long career before this. Um, so there is also like, I you know, that sense of like a, Judy Dench as grandma, you know what I mean? Like there you know that feeling yes. of like, oh, that's an old movie actress, you know? Yes, it's like um here we go, twenty five thousand uh-huh. dollar pyramid, uh the mother in my left foot. Yes. Uh oh my goodness. Here we go. How could this happen uh, to us? It's okay. Brenda? Brenda 
Blevin. Oh my gosh, there's so many Brendas. I'm like, Vicaro, Blevin. Yeah. Uh, friend of Fricker. Fricker. Friend of Fricker. Fucking Fricking Fricker. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mother Fricker. Mother Fricker. <laughs> to quote something. Thank you. That was um, beautiful. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, like just a great actress who's really like committing and not overacting just just really delivering on all costs yeah yeah i i again have seen this a number of times but i feel like watching it this time i really appreciated helga i was like you know what yeah what a great what a charming lady what a lovely performance i love her relationship with luke i love how you know yeah she doesn't sugarcoat things with him i love how when the woman in black appears later like Ooh, yeah helga like believes him i love that she's like i know i believe you like there's none of that like oh you're just being silly luke i i love that like she's consistent she warns him of the world of witches she believes him when he encounters witches she believes him when he's a mouse you know I know she's got that missing finger. What happened there? That's yeah. like the prequel. They should have did a prequel with Anne Hathaway is what should have mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. 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 Kind of like the uh, the Cruella approach, right? Yeah. In a way, which, you know, is whatever. But uh, it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's an original take. Um, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen this, it is on HBO Max uh, or just, you know, uh, where there's a will, there's a way. But uh, just to catch people up before we dive into this, because we've, we haven't done we haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks, so we just couldn't waste any time here. Uh, uh, the Witches is indeed came out in 1990, and it is directed by uh, Nicholas. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I've heard different pronunciations from Roeg to Rogue to. Well, I think those are the only yeah. two I know. But let's say Rogue. Let's say Rogue. Nicholas Rogue. That sounds great. Um, who's directed a bunch of? He's a he's a. Uh, a big director um and uh he directed this movie called don't look now with uh, donald sutherland and julie christie and it's very fucked up and that's uh what about nicholas rogue and there's and they have a whole long sex scene so if you like 70s donald sutherland having sex with julie christie Whoa. do look there yeah <laughs> uh but it is indeed about luke and his grandmother uh who go after luke's pa- luke's parents die in a car accident luke and his grandmother go to this hotel in england uh for a little r&r because of course she's also got a slight case of diabetes i loved that <laughs> yeah i didn't know you could have a slight case of diabetes i didn't know that it, i mean i guess there's I don't know. It just seemed like something either. But here we are. Yeah, you yeah. either got it or you don't. There's type one and type two. There isn't a type one point five. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, um, yes. But uh, they go to stay at the Seaside Hotel, where there's also a big conference uh, for this charity dedicated to prevent preventing the cruelty of children. And uh, guess what? They're witches, and um, they've met to plot a way to get rid of all the children by turning them into mice through laced chocolate and uh they experiment first with poor bruno jenkins and then quickly with poor luke and uh it's grandma and a couple of jim henson mice against a hotel full of witches and mr bean that's great that about sums it up yeah yeah just to kind of you know i mean certainly there's more to it but there's uh there also isn't it's i feel like what i liked about this is it didn't take much time to explain or be in disbelief of things like very quickly there's kind of a you know they get to the hotel and grandma's like huh i know that woman or like there's there's just these little like hints right away that something is off and then uh 
we meet Bruno, we meet Bruno's parents, like they set everything up. And it was like, again, I just couldn't believe how quickly we were like, oh, we're going to see them take their wigs off. This is all happening like in act one. That's true. I, I kind of, you know, I was ranting about how it's like cheesy and maybe not well written, but like it's an hour and a half and it's solid and it moves. And yeah, there's some lingering on some on some parts, but yeah, it's it sets itself up really well. And I feel like it, it also it very efficiently sets up a nice little ensemble of characters without spending too much time and narratives that like I did not understand as a kid, you know, because like at the hotel, there's the manager, Mr. Stringer, played by Rowan Atkinson of Mr. Bean fame. And he's clearly having an affair with one of the maids. And I don't remember yes. what her name was. Um, That's okay. The hysterical maid will come. Oh her. my she, goodness. All she was was just screaming. Screaming. Con I had to stop her screaming. Yeah. Yeah. She's a nutter. Um, so there's her. There's, um, yeah, there's the Jenkins family and played by, of course, Brenda Blevin. And yes. Bill Patterson, who feels very familiar, but I feel like it might just be the witches. But do you recognize him from something else? You know what? It's like I was trying to figure out his energy because I don't. I'm going to give him a quick um, give it a whirl on IMDb here. But I I don't know who he reminded me of. But right. it, maybe it'll come to us, you know, by the end of this podcast. But I, I just feel... Uh, who is he? He's like, I feel like we've seen that trope of a dad before. Yeah, he wasn't the husband in Notes on a Scandal. No. But there's kind of a similar, like, if that was made, like, 10 years earlier or 20 years earlier, he might play that kind of role, you know? Yeah, it's like the parents, like, you don't really like him. He's not a good guy. Oh, no, he's the worst. And yeah. the thing with him is, with this character, is that, uh, especially, you know, this being something I saw as a kid, as I said for a thousand times, uh, worth saying one more time, is, that, you know, little details, like, towards the end of the movie when he wants the Crest Soup. And I've never had Crest Soup before. I'm going to look it up now because I don't know what the hell Crest Soup is. But yeah, water crests, right? Yeah, and it looks creamy. Yeah, but he, you know, like uh, I guess the the waitress comes over with his soup, but he's got like a mouthful of bread. And for some reason, as a kid, I just always associated like mm, like crest soup with like a big piece of bread. Like I, there was just I guess I've always associated that crest soup sounded good because I when I think of it, I think of eating bread. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I. It makes sense. I gotcha. And because of the way he like talks with his mouth full and um, I don't know. That's yeah. just one of those things that, okay, Crest Soup is indeed watercress soup and uh, creamy crust. So what is Crest Soup made of? Okay. Uh, you'll need cooking oil, a white potato, a yellow onion, a pinch of salt, some chicken stock, one bunch of fresh watercress, teaspoon of heavy cream, drizzles worth of truffle oil, radishes, a pinch of microgreens, and a teaspoon of beet chips. Um, that sounds fresh. Yeah, that actually sounds kind of lovely. Um, I'm assuming there's like an immersion blender in, involved at some point where it kind of just all comes together. I right? hope so. I think so. I think there's some immersion in going on. I, it looks like you don't have to, but I am a big fan of uh, blending it all up when possible. Yes. I, I, I got confused for a second, too. But what are your thoughts, not on watercress, but on water chestnuts? Oh. Love them or hate them? Oh, God. I think they are a texture problem. There's that yeah, they're like watery and it's like the celery. Yeah. Of those sort of like Asian root vegetables. You know what I mean? Like it's fine, 
but it's not. It's like eating a <laughs> packing terrible. peanut. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, like I feel like I'm eating the silica gel pack they told me not to eat in the beef yes, jerky. Yes, you know, yes, <laughs> in the beef uh. jerky. Um, also in the cast, uh, you mentioned earlier Jane Horrocks, who uh, folks may know playing Bubble on Abfab, uh, yes. here as Miss Irvine, who I'm so happy Miss Irvine is in this movie. Yeah, it's like I was kind of, I think they, you know, we got the gist of what, you know, that she was just sort of the underappreciated assistant mm-hmm. and, you know, she bails at the, the just the right time. But I didn't, I will say at the end, I wasn't sure of her motivations as she was pulling up to that house. I was like, is she going to blow up the house or is she going to save the day? And she saves the day at the end, which I do love. It is, I mean, it is kind of a random, you know, uh, happy ending that they put into the movie because, you know, the... Maybe you remember from reading the book in school, but the the ending of the book is that Luke, you know, and spoiler alert for the movie. So this is a, you know, what, how many, 40 years ago? <laughs> how, no, 30, 32. Jesus yeah, Christ. 32. I, mean, I was born in 1985. This movie can't be 40 years old. Um, <laughs> I'm not ready. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get old. I don't want to get old. <laughs> um but uh, but indeed, spoiler alert, here it comes. Uh, Luke is indeed turned back into a boy at the end uh, by Miss Irvine, who, yeah, just pulls up in her little white Mercedes convertible coupe and shoots. Looking like Debbie Jelinski yes! rolling across that yard. Big Debbie Jelinski energy. Yes. And then she just, like, shoots a laser into the house. And I always think about because he's sleeping in, like, a... Like an old like Ghostbusters like um, yeah. action figure station, and I always think about how like when he gets turned back into a boy, how painful it would be to like burst through that toy, you know? Yeah, he's like in a dollhouse, and then he's naked for far too long. Oh, then he's naked, and that was always a thing as a kid where I was like, "But he's naked." Ugh. I know. It's like the grandmother. I mean, I guess she was just so excited that he was a boy, and it it didn't matter, but it did, you know. And then she finally puts like a a robe on him or something yeah yeah what can i say i didn't grow up in a naked family so this was weird yeah um sure sure but yeah so uh they in in the book yeah he does not get turned into or turned back into a boy in the end and you know grandma and luke are gonna go fight the witches in america but i guess test audiences didn't like that and so they changed it to the happy ending where luke gets turned into a boy of course and so i kind of feel like it's a little unclear because they just needed to kind of like figure out the most logical ending and so yes like it's clear and i say it's clear but i didn't notice it until this time watching it that he like somehow gives her his address because she's like looking at a piece of paper out the window as they're driving away from the hotel oh i thought maybe i'm again this is like the first time i've seen it in so many years I thought the address was for, like, the luggage to be delivered there. I think it was. No, I think it was. So it's a little confusing, but it's like maybe she... I these somehow she found somehow yeah. she's a witch you know she's a witch that's right and they just that woman got down on the rocks lickety split <laughs> yes. you know I think Miss Irvine can get to you know Wickersham you know just as just as easily yes um, I'm skipping a jump yeah yeah at a Mercedes coupe yes <clears throat> but uh, but I love that she's there I I always like when there's witches when there's a good witch you know or or when there's like an ever after there's the like um. What's your snakes? The the one we like, Melanie Linsky. You know what I mean? Have you seen that movie? 
I haven't. And I was looking at uh, Angelica Houston's IMDb page because what a time this was for her. I mean, this is the same year she made The Grifters, which I have mixed feelings uh, on. Right. I watched like 45 minutes of that movie and I didn't really love it. Sorry. Um, but And then also like the next year was like The Addams Family. And, um, and then also a couple years after that was ever after. But I remember all of my like gal pals in high school were obsessed with it and i was just they always used to yell at me because i never had seen it but we never sat down and watched it so i i missed out you know i never watched it as a kid i mean i just remember the commercials and i i remember drew barrymore and the commercial going looking beautiful just breathe you know uh and then uh i think we finally we we did an all right mary uh patreon episode on it and oh nice um and it was i mean it's a fun movie it's worth seeing i feel like melanie linsky's in it as well um we love her she's great and like the other stepsister it's a real great campy performance and and angelica houston i mean i made that Ever After reference, not even realizing that it was relevant because, indeed, that movie also stars Angelica Houston in a great grand dame performance. What a... It's perfect. It's like Kate Blanchett nowadays, you know? Yeah. I just... I... You know, we have been, for anyone who's not a Best Supporting Patreon, um, but you've gotten lots of previews on the main feed, we have been covering season one of Smash on Patreon currently, which stars Angelica Houston in... You know, a performance of real peaks and valleys and, and real yes. deep valleys and, and real questionable cul-de-sacs, you know? Yeah, but it's it's nice to see. It's it's fun watching this and also watching Smash and covering both in one week. Yeah, it? I'm really I really feel like what it's making me think of is like Angelica Houston at the Westons next year somewhere she will get some recognition because she's been a significant part of our lives now she might get the highest honor at this point i I don't know who's gonna knock her off but it's really gonna depend on if like if if there's another like what else you know obviously not the grifters because i i trust your judgment that yeah i don't love her in the no loss you know um what else would we, I mean? I'm looking at her at her IMDb now. I mean, oh, ever after she's an ever after. Um, yeah, with the aforementioned. Yeah, I mean, when I think of Angelica Houston, I do think of the Adams Family, right? And you you covered those on All Right, Mary. I'm I think we covered Adams Family yeah, values. Of Debbie Jelinski, yeah. No, we also did. Adams. Oh, you. Oh, nice. No, you and I did. Oh, we did. We oh, we did. We did. We did. Oh my gosh. So I'm like me. You me? No, we we did. We did. Yeah. You're uh, pointing at me. Yeah, yeah. You. Uh, yes. There's a lot of pointing in this movie. I do love, a, but we'll get up. We'll get to that. In a oh, yeah. pointing with a spoon. Yes. That's... Or just Angelica Houston just like pointing at people. Uh huh. So funny. God, her body language just is so. Um, and I'm just going to pause to say that if we were to ever do something else, maybe we would do Pritzi's honor. Cause I feel like she, yes. I mean, that's her. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Isn't that her? Like she got an Oscar. That for is that. her. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Kathleen Turner's in that. And okay. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how long it is. Sure. It's two hours and 10 minutes. We'll see. Maybe we'll see if maybe just like Pritzi's dignity, you know, can we just cut it short? Um, I'm, I'm willing to commit for Angela. Yeah, we'll see. It's got Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, that's her Jack Nicholson era. Yeah. And she was dating him while they were doing the witches. And apparently he would send bouquets of flowers to the hotel. Oh, yeah. How sweet. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, I, I interrupted myself. So I'm apologizing to myself. Uh, 
no worries, Con. It's fine. I forgive you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, her body language in general, one of my favorite mo- moments in this movie and may- maybe any movie is they're doing the big conference. And of course, Bruno Jenkins, she gave chocolate to a few hours earlier. And now he's going to show up for six more bars of uh, hazelnut whipped cream milk chocolate. It's so British. It's so like hazelnut whipped milk. Milk cream milk chocolate. It's so complicated. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds great. It's just like, ugh, is there fruit in it? You know? Um, Ew, I always feel was... like British desserts. It's always like, no, stop. Don't put the fruit in it. Yeah, we don't need like, I'm trying to think of something like pomegranates or something. Yeah. I don't know. Don't, I, this whole. Currants. Black currants. Black currants. I don't need a black currant cake with a, a, a caramel drizzle. A sponge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A currant sponge. No, I want, a, right. I want an old sponge. I, <laughs> I also feel like there's a big thing about like orange and chocolate as like a combo or like the orange chocolate. Have you ever had that or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, I've railed against it many times on the good vanilla. Thank I you. don't, this is my platform. I don't love chocolate and fruit together. I will make an exception every once in a while for chocolate and orange, but I'm not running towards it. I think fruit should go with white chocolates. I think that's oh, a sure. great match. But I know that we're in the minority here because people go bananas for chocolate covered strawberries and cherries and, you know, the orange. Um, I do love a chocolate covered banana though. Speaking of that, I think that's a match. I Peanut th- butter banana. Oh yeah. I can get together with that chocolate covered strawberry. Actually. I'm okay with that. Doesn't bother me, but like, uh, anything else? Cherry, I, chocolate and cherry. I can see the combo. I feel like there's a, cause, cause cherries its own, like chocolatey kind of fruit, but, um, I know like a black forest cake is like my nightmare though. I can't oh. too much goop. I'll never eat a black forest cake. No, that's that's like that's like the Blair Witch Project. I'm not gonna. No, that's a (laughs) fucking nightmare. Running through the woods. (laughs) I just (laughs) exactly chased by a cake. I but I do love like I love like a white, like an almond cake with like a little raspberry jam in the middle. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a place for things for a little bit of a jelly or something. But like yes. But I just like don't don't bring the dried fruit into the conversation no a panettone forget it forget it you know and like and and maybe maybe i'll even consider that but when i see where it's like oh and we're gonna put some you know uh crystallized ginger into this pudding it's like well um anyway don't need it don't Don't need it know how he got up to this i don't know how we got there we were Um, talking about oh sorry i know how we got oh i know exactly where yes yes, hazelnut milk whipped milk chocolate chocolate um but uh that's so he comes in looking for six more bars and as he's approaching uh miss ernst the grand high witch as she's standing up there on on the podium she's like undulating and you can hear her breathing heavily and like just there's just this it's not, even though, like, this character has, like, sex appeal throughout, it doesn't feel inappropriately asexual. It feels like she is just, like, like it's like a, a an animal that Feral. is... Yeah, that's yes. being approached by its prey. And it's like, uh-huh, come closer. And she's just, like, the animal instinct to kill this child is just, like, inside this black dress. And it's incredible. And I just... No one told her to do that. Oh, yeah. And... I wrote this in like all caps because I 
wholeheartedly agree with everything you're saying. It's she says like, ladies, may I introduce Bruno? But like, it's in like interspersed is this thrusting and huh? gyrating of the hips. But you're right, it's not sexual. But um, I loved that choice. I loved it so much. Yeah, and like her voice almost like shakes a little bit because there's just this like anticipation, and and then when like. She knows the prey is in the trap and she's and it's like okay, it's in. Like I have officially like caught my prey. Then she can just like lean on the desk real casual and go, You'll find out real soon. You know, and like the way she looks at her watch and leans, like it's so bitchy. It's so good. And like I and also just like obviously there's these amazing prosthetics that she's in that apparently took just like eight hours to get in oh, and yeah. out of equally. Ugh. And then there's one scene she talked about where, like, there was some monologue in all of this that she was doing in the full prosthetics. And obviously they have to do multiple takes and whatnot. And, and she said at some point it was like the line, like she was so tired of being trapped in this mask and the lines just stopped making any sense to her. And she just wanted to cry. And it was just like, oh. and the idea that like that was going on underneath this incredibly like bitch performance you know yes it's just I mean, it's it's nuts yeah the voice work she is doing it's just it's like i almost don't believe that it is her but it right, is right so guttural and crazy yeah like the, the she she the, the voice goes to like such a <clears throat> excuse me like that uh like such a <laughs> fucked up place once she's like out of the drag of of miss ernst but I love also the body language of when she puts the mask back on and kind of like adjusting the face skin or adjusting the hair. I just, that has always stuck with me the way that she like, before Bruno comes in, she kind of does like a, a, a shimmy of the, of her wig. Yes. Yes. It's crucial. I feel, has anyone, I mean, obviously you've seen far more franchises than I have. Like, has anyone ever honored this on a runway and drag race ever? I, I, feel like I think that there may have been references maybe not to like the prosthetic version but to like the Grand High Witch I feel like there have I want to go ahead and say yes but I'm like am I confusing it with like an Ursula look but I feel like there was some queen somewhere who was like you know serving you know Angelica Houston Grand High Witch realness you know what I mean yeah, I I need like detox to do this. Yes, I need, and I need like a reveal to some sort of prosthetic underneath. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would achieve it, but um, yeah, I'm just putting that in the universe. <laughs> I mean, that was you know obviously like when we did the All Right Mary episode, like that was a big part of what we talked about. Was just like, oh my god, like the the drag race of of the witches. You know what I mean? Like just the and, and the fact that it, like there are. There is even watching this movie, you do end up playing the game of like, is that a man in drag or is that a woman? Like you end up playing that game, you know? She's a handsome woman. I, uh -huh. I even just like, I, I, I laughed, but it was so good when she first gets on stage in the uh, conference room and she takes her robe off, that sort of like silk cape almost. Mm -hmm. And then she just like strikes that pose. She's like holding onto the table, but like, look how great I look. Yep. <laughs> the hand so in the funny. air, but the one hand touching the table. Um, oh, I know. It's made the best witch win. Yes. That's what she's doing. You know, long before. I mean, if RuPaul is not at least putting a scoop of Grand High Witch into RuPaul, the, the drag monster. She's yes. wasting her fucking time. It's so funny. And yeah. even like her first outfit 
the first time we see her, like oh. the black and purple. It's like, why hasn't Jinx Monsoon done this yes. yet? That entrance where she comes in and there's the purple ruffle and the hat. And it is such a, like, it's Angelica. I, I think Angelica Houston is a really fascinating actress. And I feel like I have heard, somewhere I heard this described and I then like picked it up and now I just like fully stole it. Um, but sure. I do want to claim that I didn't come up with this. I don't think, but like, Angelica Houston like is an amalgamation of features that in and of that on their own are almost like I don't say they don't work but they're all very disparate features that then come together to make this like really interesting face but like there's a very distinct nose and very distinct lips and eyes that like you kind of exist a la carte. Does that make sense? It does. It's like she's like the Megatron of the sporting <laughs> actresses. It's just like it's it all adds up to something and like but she's so she's still like like I said before a handsome woman but she's still beautiful at the same time too and like I just feel like that bob suits her it like she's carried that with her like throughout the years all the way up to the smash era really yeah I mean not a bob but like a longer bob yeah guess, right that little whatever that Robert. is yeah a Robert <laughs> exactly her Robert Robert Houston uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she certainly has, you know, as she's gotten older, like, it, it's interesting how, like, on the show Transparent, she played, uh, a, I think, a trans woman? Yeah, okay. she played a trans woman. And, you know, I mean, it, it there was kind of that, like, well, I mean, I can see how, like, she does oh, have sure. very masculine features. But certainly, like, you, I mean, go back and look at, like, you know, stills of her in Pritzy's honor, like, oh, my God. Yeah, a knockout. Oh, my God, what a fucking knockout. I mean, like, it's just, uh, I, I kind of feel like that's a, you know, to age from, like, knockout to kind of, like, distinguished and interesting. I think that's a good progression, you know, instead of, like, trying to chase being a knockout when you're, like, 70. I think it's better to evolve into being interesting and handsome, you know? Yes. And really, all of this... A side note as I was watching this is I was just I I just can't get out of my head that we never I mean we never will get but uh, a Miranda Miranda Priestly Angelica Houston or Angelica Houston as Miranda Priestly I just feel like after watching this I would be like oh it would have been so great I know I mean <clears throat> we did get a that's all from uh, Eileen Rand oh, on Smash oh my gosh so that's right. she did treat Ellis a little bit like uh, Anne Hathaway but um that's all we've had I know like she really like embodied that energy before we ever had uh she could have done it I know I know and, and her her IMDb and obviously as you know certainly for actresses as they get older like the roles are not just being thrown at you so like yeah she's gonna be in John Wick chapter three you know and I hope she yeah. made a stupid amount of money for it you know um yes but yeah I feel like she has like a really she does independent movies she does big like blockbuster movies she's done like you know she did a Woody Allen movie like yeah she's a you know her father is John Houston I mean she, so she kind of comes from like a you know uh you know, I, I've never put this together till right now that there's Julia Houston on Smash and her name is Angelica Houston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's spelled differently, but still. like Still. Yeah. Sounds the same. I yeah. love that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's just got like, uh, you know, a, a wild career. Um, and she has said that this is her favorite role. No way. And that she will often dress up as the Grand High Witch for Halloween. <gasps> yeah. 
Wow. It just makes me love her. And I know even from Lady Watch, too, that like her auto or her like biography or memoir, whatever you want to call it, is mm-hmm. it two parts? Did I make that up? Why do I feel like it was two parts? I don't know if it, maybe I just dreamed that, but but that it's that's it's great. I can imagine, and I'm assuming that she does the audiobook, which is oh, know, I would love to. Hear yeah, that. yes, it's, you know the reason to buy that. Um, but yeah, I mean, she. I also love when they discover or they uh, the one hotel worker, and I, I this has stayed with me for the past you know thirty years uh, of her going, Madam. Madam, you know, as they're all leaving, <laughs> Madam, and then she has that great little delivery, of like, I smell dog droppings. Like she's apologetic yes. about it. She feels bad about it. But then, then and I never noticed this while watching it this time. She then gets this kind of like devilish, like smile of like, oh my god, I think there's a kid in the room. And then all the witches start to go, oh yeah, I think there's somebody here. And then the Grand High Witch, Angelica Houston, is like, she's got her, like, nose in the air, like, she smells something. She's like, find him! He must be exterminated! It's, yes. It is at a 28 and a half. It's not even a 27 anymore. And I just love that she was like, I'm gonna go full tilt. I'm gonna go as far as possible with this. I'm gonna be a Bond villain right now. And the thing is, she can, because she's the Grand High Witch. That's what I love about this the most, is that this role gives her full permission that like, you actually can't go over the top. There's no top with this role. Yeah, it's it's really exciting, I feel it would be, as an actress to it's Roald Dahl just writes these crazy characters. It's like uh, the Trunchbull and Matilda. Mm-hmm. It's like you really can't go overboard with that either. And it's like it adds to the scariness of this scene, too, because, you know, watching Luke scramble away. He should have been caught like 16 times. Oh, let's Jesus. Be but, yeah. you know, uh, he had to jump through that door like Chains- <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. That chase scene has I mean, that is what scared me the most as a kid. And obviously part of it is, yeah, because it's during the day. And there's always been little details about it. Like, obviously, yes, I can't believe he got out of that room. I always feel like when he throws the table, when he knocks over the table, I'm like, not good enough. You need to really knock that table over on them, you know, when they come through the door. And then I love he breaks the window. He gets outside. Then he's, like, climbing over the, like, little, you know, the little – you know, barrier, little stone, yes. and like that one gnarly witch hand me. grabs him. Yeah, ugh. And then, yeah, then you know that it's a whole set piece. I mean, the whole thing of then the Grand High Witch seeing. I, I don't. I mean, this was obviously a just a setup for a movie, but like a woman sleeping on a bench while her while her baby is chilling out in a pram, <laughs> like teetering on the edge of a cliff and uh you know the witch like sees luke hiding and then is like oh i know what to do and then sends that baby careening down towards the ocean bye bye (laughs) bye bye like holding her nose with two fingers like it's a cigarette and then bye bye like waving with the other hand and then down it goes and it's like the mother's running and screaming luke is running the witches are all freaking out the one down by the ocean is clapping and the music is over the top the music is amazing yes even watching it again today i was like oh my god this scene is so tense it is and i did love at the beginning too speaking of the music just like the opening of all of this it's very Uh because i watched this on the projector downstairs and i did get like a little seasick to be honest oh yeah that opening like it's like you're you're careening through like the snowy mountains of norway yeah 
It's insane. And yeah, I, I was getting a little dizzy. I was like, oh man, how did I ever tolerate this as a kid? This is yeah. awful. I need a drama man here. Yeah. Uh, I was, the, the composer is Stanley Myers, um, who, you know, it's interesting. It's like, um, he died in 1993, so not not long after this movie. Uh, May Zetterling died in 1994. Roald Dahl and Jim Henson died like 1990, right after this movie was finished. Whoa. Like this is like poltergeist. Like all these people. This movie took a lot of people out. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, I was just looking to see if he had done the score for any other movies that we might know or have talked mm. about. I think he's a British composer, which. You know, we've done a couple British movies in our day, but I don't think we've done um, any of this. He did. Nope, that's not that's not what something we've done. I want to talk about how cute these mice are because they're so precious. And stars, the real mice and the fake mice. Oh, the real mice are uh, the training that needed to be done there. (laughs) Yeah, they are working. They are working. And the fake mice, like, I had forgotten, like, the power of Jim Henson. And this was the last, so obviously he died. So this is the last, you know, uh, thing he had worked on. But I really, like, forgot how the kind of, you know, like, um, lifelike qualities that he brings these little puppets and like little facial expressions and little like you know that first little chat between luke and bruno they make these little like micro expressions with each other i got so choked up i was like this is so cute i love these little mice (laughs) yes i like want one i i just think they were so precious like anytime they were talking to grandma or just, you know, especially like, cause I don't, Luke isn't like the cutest kid, but he's a very like Roald doll sort of like character type. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see why they would have cast him, but he's even cuter as a mouse. I don't know what it was, but like, I agree. Like as you know, Jason Fisher, you know, was like, Oh, it's a kid actor or whatever. He's fine. The moment he then became voice actor of Luke, the mouse. What a sweetie Dottie. Oh, I know. <laughs> They're drinking the soup. I mean, he was, yeah. he was so... Like, whoa, yeah. Whoa. Come on, Bruno. Follow. He was just adorable. And so was Bruno. Bruno was so funny in this. He, oh, like, I love Bruno. He's a great little, like... It, it's a, I feel like Pixar movies today have Bruno Jenkins-like characters, you know? Yeah, I mean, I love... It's it's kind of like the Bruce Bogtrotter and uh, Matilda with the chocolate cake too. But mm-hmm. I love that he wasn't really even worried or concerned as he entered that hotel or the conference room. He's just like, "You promised me more chocolate, and I want it now." Yeah, <laughs> he didn't care. He didn't His care. Stomach that, like, led the way. One of the chairs was like incinerated because she'd exploded one of the witches earlier. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like it, everything's fine. Everything's here. fine here. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is just, uh, you know, uh, as they say, food motivated. I think Marco's yes. food motivated. I think I've learned that. that my, my cat is food motivated. Aren't we all? I was going to say, I don't, I know judgments here, you know, pot or kettle. <laughs> um, but no, they are, the voice acting for the mice is great. But the mice, oh my God. They're just like, they're just the key, when they're like hanging out in her purse, when like, you know, uh, grandma's like opens her purse to show Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins and they're just like hanging out in there with her tissues. It's so yes. adorable. Oh, I, I really loved it. I, it was like a highlight for me. Yeah. And of course, speaking of Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins, you know, we've talked a bit about Bill Patterson, but let it be said, 
Brenda Blethyn, who has come up on this podcast before, you know, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Uh, there was something else. Wasn't there something else that we were... I think she came up because we were talking about 28 Days with Marianne Jean Baptiste. That was yes, I feel like in, we've talked about her. Yeah, here, but and I they're in Secrets remember. and Lies together. Yeah. Yes. And uh, just in terms of little casting connections, Brenda Blethyn and Jane Horrocks are in this movie called Little Little Voice. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Little Voice? No, but I remember, I think we when we were like really just concentrating on all of like the best supporting actress Oscar winners I remember watching clips from it because whatever yeah. year that was nominated we were you know covering someone else obviously but it looks interesting I think I've seen it I think I ended up watching it like Brenda okay. Bledon plays like her, her very mean mother and Jane Horrocks is you know uh, very you know she's great she's the little voice um, I think it was like a little um like it, it's feel good by the end, but you really got to stick with it. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, sure. Man, I just, I just need you to get out of this miserable situation. I just need people to like you. You know what I mean? I just want yeah. you to be supported already. How long am I gonna have to wait until this is happy? You know? Yeah. Uh, but oh, you would actually love the movie because you and McGregor's in that. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, and it's like you and McGregor in 1998. So oh, that's yeah, peak McGregor. Yeah. Do the calculus on that one. Oh. Uh. But anyway, Brenda Blethyn, who indeed, Pride and Prejudice, will probably do Secrets and Lies at some point. I, I, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I've seen her in. I don't, I'm sure there is. But in any event, she is in this movie mostly to like go to a 27 and scream. To and scream, yeah. That's fine by me. I think that she, when she sees Bruno in the purse and just like loses her shit, I, it's kind of like, let's, like, it's not like she's in a ton of the movie. It's just, for the little parts that she's in, that's pretty much all she gets to do. But in the whole mix of things, I loved it. Yeah, I think it serves its purpose. It's like, again, hysterical mother. It's, but I, and I like that we are, you know, at least I was, and I'm assuming everyone was kind of rooting for her because her husband is an idiot. You know, she seems to have a head on her shoulders, but she still is, again, only there to scream. But I love it. I, I mean, yeah. I'm always happy to see her. I'm happy to see a little Brenda Blethyn, you know? Yeah. Uh, she's great. And, uh, yeah, and those are the Jenkins. I feel like, uh, I don't know if there's any other ladies in this that we need to talk about. I mean, there's just tons of witches, but, like, again, it would be, like, a, a YouTube video or an Instagram post of, like, you know, the best supporting, you know, best featured ensemble witches of the witches. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I feel like that's kind of the end of my list in a way. Yeah. But, you know, it's a shorter movie. A it is bit of a shorter episode, but like it still packs a punch and right on the heels of Halloween. I'm glad we covered it. Yeah. You know, I think obviously we we uh, we're yes, we're we're just out outside of Halloween season. But I think the witches works all times of year. I think it's a great fall movie. It's a wonderful winter movie. That cover is such a winter cover. Yeah. You know, uh, hell, have a summer birthday party. What do I care? That's you know, right. ring in spring. Um <laughs> And, and watch this the remake if you want, but don't talk to me about it, you know? Yeah, it's like in ways I want to watch it, but I, I probably never will, so no, who am I kidding? I, you've got a lot of things on that list. You oh, know? my God, the list. The list. The, the list. list. Um, but, yeah, The Witches. Oh, I'm glad we talked about this. I'm glad we, we gave it some love, and, uh, and, and we got to see Angelica Houston at her peak and yes. not at her frequent valley that we're seeing Absolutely. in Smash. Um, yes. Well, uh, all that being said, before we uh, ride out on our brooms, uh, we, uh, or in our Mercedes-Benz two-door 
you know, topless coops. Um, <laughs> we, of course, have to get to our BSA of the week. I mean, BSA of a couple of weeks even because we haven't talked in a while. Oh, my but gosh. I know. Indeed, our BSA of the week where we queen out on a performance or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that's acting as the best supporting actress of our lives. Susie, baby, what do you got? <laughs> Every time I say it, that's what I hear, and I just have to keep going. What's it from? Why does it's that from, sound familiar? It's from Lazy Susan. Oh, my gosh, of course. Oh, my yeah. God, of course. Oh, my God, of course, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go off about vacation, so I don't know if you want... Do you want me to go first? Um, do you want to go first? I'll, I'll squeeze... Mine is going to be real quick and easy, because I okay. want to hear about vacation, and yes. we, we have set aside the time. I was like, we got to talk about the vacation. Yeah, it all works I've out. heard none of it, so I've seen some pictures. Yeah. Um, I've been told there were morning hikes. We'll there get into were. it. Uh, speaking of mornings, my BSA of the week, real quick, is... Um, I've started doing the morning pages again. <gasps> nice. The artist's way, which I love is, that. you know, I always say that like the artist's way is amazing and you could do the book, you could do the whole 12 weeks, you could do all the exercises. That's all great. But I, I, from my experience, if you are doing the morning pages every day, you are, you are working the core magic of the artist's way. Like that's really where the witchery happens uh, yeah. with the artist's way is the magic, ma the magic pages, the, the magic morning pages. pages, the magic pages. And uh, so I've been doing those and it's just, it, it always shifts things. It always shifts things in my life or things come up or I figure things out. And for anyone who doesn't know the morning pages is a little self-explanatory, but you just free write three pages every morning of whatever the fuck, you might have nothing to say. You may not want to do it. Like this morning, I was like, I just don't want to fucking do it. And then you do it anyway. And it feels so great. I, I, that was definitely a highlight when I did that. Yeah, it really is. And like synchronicities start to happen and like yes. things start to pop up that you either wrote about or you were thinking about or people come into your life that or ideas that pop up while you're doing the pages suddenly manifest later during the day. It is appropriate for this episode it is there's some serious magic that happens with the morning pages i've seen it happen multiple times in my own life how long is the artist's way if you were to do like the full or at least like the full commitment to the to the morning pages if you'd stick with it so the the artist's way is 12 weeks 12 uh, weeks okay 12 weeks and then i guess the idea is then you would just continue doing the pages yes. as like maintenance you know yeah oh that's so exciting i yeah it's like I want to say that I, maybe I'll start it, but I'm not going to. Uh, not with this dog. I was going to say, I, I think you've got your, your morning Lucy's. Yeah. I do. Uh, I do. But anyway, that's, you know, you know, that's all there really is to say about that. Cause I, I, you know, you don't want to know what I'm writing in those pages. Um, I, cause I don't, some days I'm like, what am I even saying? You know? Oh yeah. But that's like the fun part too. I think I still have my notebook somewhere, but it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's half gibberish too. Right. Right. It really, it's like, there's no cohesion and you're not like, you know, there's the freeing idea of like, I never have to read these pages again. Yep. No one's going to read them. You can them. burn them. You can, you can yeah. 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 Throw them you away. Just fucking burn them. Who cares? The, 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 the magic happens in the writing of them, not in the saving of them. Yes, yes. Um, indeed. But anyway, that's my update. But it, indeed, we, uh, I have, I am, I'm on the edge of my seat here. Uh, how is your BSA of the week? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many little BSAs within the vacation to Vegas slash Hawaii, and I it's like this could be an entire episode too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through it and really just give you the highlights. Um, Vegas was great. We stayed at um, I almost said Little Caesars. We stayed at <laughs> that wouldn't have been bad either. But um, no. Eon's company, uh, his all company meeting was in Vegas, and. We were at Caesar's Palace. Um, it was great. They took such great care of us. We we saw the Hoover Dam, which was like cooler than I thought it would be. You know, we were like in the water below. We weren't in the dam, right? Uh, which I kind of preferred. Um, but really, the highlight of that entire trip was there was a, I say gala, you might say gala, um, f- on Thursday night, the second night we got there, and they had a live band, and I was like a live band, mm. but they were incredible and they played like these insane mashups and like sampled other songs and like every like i would say i'm trying to think of like a good percentage here but like after dinner and everything was just sort of like um i mean the food was amazing everything was just these sort of like stations with like appetizers you would have lost your mind yeah like open bar and all this stuff too and but I'd say pro- probably close to 95 to 98 percent of the people were on the dance floor, and wow. I, I everyone just like lost their mind. His company's so cool. There was like I think 300 people there too. Um, it just felt like a wedding without the wedding, and I danced like I've never danced before. I led the conga line because I had Jesus to. Christ. Someone has to. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't start the conga line, but I knew who to go to to tell to start the conga line and then eventually it just became one big circle so i was like i gotta i gotta separate and then i just led the rest of it uh but i i loved it so that was the bsa of vegas for sure i mean i i luckily have a visual in my head because you and keon were tagged in some like albums and pictures on facebook yeah yeah. and so i was like oh and you know i I was what is this and i was perusing through and then i was like who's she i wonder if i wonder what she's like and i just like Oh, so I, many characters. Yes. I was like, oh, God. You, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. They, everyone looked like they were having a very good time. Everyone it was. looked very happy. And there was, like, consistent, like, best party ever. And I was like, some people say that. But, like, it looks like everyone's having a very good time. Yeah. Even the band that does, like, a thousand of these corporate events, they were like, we've never experienced anything like this before, ever. Like, it was just... There was something in the air. I would like to think if you were there, you would have been on that dance floor too, Colin. I really, I do truly believe it. I may have not been leading the conga line, but I, you know. <laughs> you would have been I, at the tail. I would have been at the tail. I am a yes. real conga tail. Yeah. <laughs> so that was Vegas. It was awesome. Um, it was, I think three days is really all you need in Vegas. I will, mm-hmm. I will stand firm with that. I, have you been? I feel like you have, right? No, I've okay. never been. The closest I've been was I uh, went to Lake Tahoe with my brother and sister-in-law, and like Reno is like right over the border. Ah, gotcha, but like gotcha. we didn't even go into Reno. It was I don't think we did. Maybe we drove through it, which that's like saying like, well, no, I've you know I've never had steak, but I did have dog food once. You know, like yeah. So you know, no, I've never been to Vegas. <laughs> dog. Yeah, <laughs> by accident. Reno, the dog yeah. food of Vegas. Or... Right, I ate Alpo by accident once. Does yes. that count? Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I. It's like again, it's like don't stay longer than three days. You can get everything done. It, it eventually, it just like wears you out. But um, I think if you have a reason to go and you're with the right people, it's it's a blast. But um, yeah, it was it was great. 
Yeah, I and and only like one. I mean, that I is uh, that sense of like by the end of the Vegas trip, were you like ready for like I'm ready for more vacation? Or it was like I need to go. Like, what was your you know as as Chanel on Drag Race would say, was your emotional state very emotional, or <laughs> where were you? <laughs> I mean, it, I I was to answer your question. I was excited for Hawaii. I was I was pumped, and I think yeah. that. We the last night we didn't go crazy in Vegas because our flight was at 745. But the lowest point of the trip where I truly felt like, you know, uh, we had made a mistake um, was just the flight to Hawaii. It was Mm. it was an eight hour flight. We had like a little layover in um, in Los Angeles and we boarded this humongous plane and then something broke And we had to all deplane. And it was like that thing where it was like, it's a half hour. No, it's an hour. No, it's going to be two hours. (gasps) And we're just waiting there. And of course, like, I want them to fix it so we don't die. But it's like, it's hard to like reconcile with that when you just want to fucking get there. But it really wasn't that bad. Like, as they say, they made up for it in the air. And um, Mm -hmm. I think all in all, like, we were delayed like two and a half hours from when we were supposed to land in Honolulu but it kind of continued from there it's like we signed up for this like shuttle service it was part of our package but the guy was like such a doofus who picked us up and we had to wait for other people and there was all this traffic and we got there like so late in the evening and I just felt like we like just uh, we missed an entire day in Hawaii. Like in my yeah. mind, we got would have got there at two o'clock. We would have taken a stroll on the beach. We would have watched this. It, you know, uh, what I had in my mind versus what happened. And then we finally got to the hotel, and there were kids everywhere. Oh my god! And it was it was chaos, and it was hot, and the the check in line was like not too long, but it just took a while because everyone's like. It's such an ordeal. And I was like, oh, my God. we And then we finally got into... And then, oh, my God. Uh, we wanted one king bed, of course. And for some reason, they gave us two full beds. Jesus. Not even a queen. Two full beds. So we were... And we were too exhausted to, like, fight. And we did remedy it the next day. We went mm-hmm. back down. And they're like, of course, we'll get you a room with a king bed. Still in the same tower. It was fine. Um, but we went out... And like Waikiki, and like I knew that it was gonna be uh, touristy too, but it's just like people were everywhere. You couldn't get through. Like I just felt like the walls were caving in. And uh-huh. then the next day, it was awesome. So it was just that one night. Traveling sucks. We all know this. Um, but that was the lowest point for sure. Oh my god! I mean, that's just yeah. Those are like all of the nightmares of like travel delays, traffic kids you know wrong room wrong wrong room and finally get the room and it's like it's still not right you know and i have to tell you i mean i know you your your balls probably like fell through your butthole when you you watched it but we were on the 29th floor of this tower it was high for me i could not go out on that balcony and i think it was all for the best because the next day when we got our uh, second room we were on the 19th floor so we went down 10 floors still high Uh. up but like I was able to take it. You would have never, you would have never made it, Colin. Even I, I could, I had to hold on to the balcony in like such a way that it felt like, it looked like the wind was pushing me back in the room. I couldn't do it. 
Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm holding onto my chair right now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. It was intense. Oh, yeah. You had sent us a video in the group chat, and it was like watching the movie fall. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Stop. Yes. Don't was, show us. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't show us how beautiful it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. But, again, like, the rest of the trip was perfect. It's like all of – like, the three big excursions we did, one was the luau – very white lotus oh my god the lawn the lawn of the royal hawaiian hotel and it was beautiful it did rain um but you know rain in hawaii is like very quick um Mm -hmm. but and everyone was like a pro and we were done eating and it was fine so the luau was awesome and um then we did a catamaran sort of uh it was awesome because typically there's like 45 people on this boat and there were probably like 17 of us so they for one reason or another said ah we'll just do open bar on this trip and we were like all right and you know they have those like nets on the boat where you can lay in them and then we did some scuba diving saw some sea turtles and some fish that was a really great day that's a real like i'm picturing like the the housewives out on a boat like you were you were luann laying in the netting you know what i mean or, <laughs> yes. would you believe or, it girls would you believe it girls <laughs> tan on both sides yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have like a net like tan on my back <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah Just oh imprint. my god yeah uh but that was great it was like a lot of younger couples like around our age and um eventually north uh near the end uh they let people jump off the boat which i loved i i mean i had just enough drinks so i was ready oh and that picture you sent us i love that if you zoom in though there's this look on your face like whoa 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 what am i doing <laughs> it was higher than i thought it was yeah there was a bit of like whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh but it was so great and then the third excursion was uh the kualoa ranch which is where they filmed lost and jurassic park and um we got to drive. I I drove, and which works out because I love driving, and Keon loves mm-hmm. being a passenger. And it's not like a quad, but it's almost like a golf cart with the volume turned up a little bit. And we got to just drive through the mountains, and like it was awesome. I I was like I could have done it for like four more hours. I was just so in love, and it was so beautiful. And our tour guide was great, and it was about a two-hour tour, which is like perfect. You don't need any longer than that. Um, even though I just said I could do it <laughs> for hours. Right, right. Um, and it, it's really hard to rank them. Like, I, I loved all of them equally. I, I think we picked just enough stuff to do. It was, like, not packed in there because sometimes I get overwhelmed. Like, I don't, I didn't want to be exhausted. We were already kind of jet lagged. So it was equal time, like, relaxation and, like, great food and, um, you know, and some excursions, yeah, because Keon likes a full itinerary, right? He does. Like he like, he yes. likes a big, a full trip. So it's you know, uh, when I saw the post about the morning hike, I was like, this was not Nick's idea, but he looks like he's having a good time. Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> you know, I went through my own journey that morning. I I knew that <laughs> my we... own morning hike. Yes, yeah. <laughs> M O U R N. Exactly. I was like, all right. I knew he wanted to do it. <laughs> And I feel like it was like, I actually was the one who wanted to leave earlier because we had a couple, it was like the Keon morning. He's like, I want to do this, this, and this. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And um, once we rented the Jeep too, things really turned around. I, I loved driving that Jeep. I felt like James Bond. It was like, we were just driving through Hawaii and we had the rooftop off. Mm. Um, and it was, it was really cool. But that morning, yeah, I think 
it was like steeper than I wanted it to be. And we got to the falls and I was like, all right, let's go. Uh, it was just like, you know, there are the falls. We did it. Let's eat. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that brings to the most important question is like, what's like the best thing you ate? And like, <sighs> did you have a Dole Whip after all? After all I the didn't shame? have a Dole Whip. I oh, didn't. And, but listen I, to me. But I never craved it. I mean, you okay. were in the back of my head. I just, I felt like such a basic bitch if I was to get one. But no, <laughs> I, I, if I wanted one, I would have got one. Trust me. But I, I just didn't. It's like I, we ate like so many acai bowls that I was just like mm. which were delicious but I was like I, I don't really need it I, I don't really love too sweet uh, of a I, I don't know I'll have one yeah. at like Disney World one day yeah um, I've never had one I know almost nothing about what a Dole Whip is it's just one of the few Hawaiian references I can make <laughs> yes. so other than like the dish with the with the macaroni salad I don't know if that ever the oh. chicken and the rice and the macaroni salad I don't think it, I don't think that we came across it no yeah no all right um, uh, well anything notable yeah uh, I think um I'm gonna look it up too there was a bakery called Leonard's bakery and I think they're called malasadas or malsadas they're basically like you know fried dough and mm. they have um filling in them ones like a chocolate we got a chocolate filling ch- chocolate filled one and then a like coconut cream uh they're malasadas i'm looking it up right now and it's a portuguese donuts and they oh. are so good and we got them twice the next day i just got like a plain cinnamon sugar without any filling and it was mm-hmm. it was awesome mm. Oh my goodness thank you that that's it now that's a real that's a reason to go to hawaii it was exceptional and i'll say this too and i'm going to send you the video maybe i'll put it on our instagram um a highlight especially since hawaii is very expensive um Mm. and we saw this on like a tiktok or like a youtube video um before we had left is this is going to sound so gross but it was not is 7-eleven sushi it's like such a thing down there and it's only like a buck 75 for a roll and they're all prepared that day and i i get it it's like gas station sushi are you kidding but no it was they had such a spread and it was like it was such a great like you know we want to go somewhere like we want to take some snacks with us the day we went to kualoa ranch so we picked up a couple rolls on the way it was so good i i I guess that makes sense and you think about like parts of the south where it's like you get really good barbecue at the gas station yeah and it's just like yeah, a 7-Eleven in Hawaii could have fresher seafood than, like, uh, a high-end sushi place in Indiana. You know what I mean? Just the mere fact that, like, you know, fish doesn't have to travel that far. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how it all works. I don't know how it gets to the 7-Eleven, but, like, that checks out. I'd probably eat the sushi from the 7-Eleven in Waikiki before I'd eat the sushi from, like, you know, Columbus, Ohio, 7-Eleven. That's right. You know? Yeah, and, and I will say, like, everything... I don't know if there was like raw fish, like, but, uh, you know, technically that is what sushi is. But like if you got like a spicy tuna, the tuna was cooked or if you got a, you know, a uh, like a salmon, it was cooked. Mm-hmm. So in and, and the way the reason why the video is so important is like the rice and the like the um, oh, what is it called? The seaweed? The, the seaweed, yeah. I was trying to think of like the, the proper name for it. The nori, uh, I think nori. Nor- yeah. Nori, yeah. Um, 
was it's like in this genius packing where like they're separate so the nori doesn't get soggy it's like the way that it unfolds and you have to like peel it and then like you roll the rice over it like it's hard to describe but it was so ingenious and that made me love it even more it was really cool mm you know it's different but what i'm thinking of just in terms of uh fun sushi experiences is in australia I'm sure there's other places, but I've never seen it here in the States. But you could get like a, a sushi roll that's kind of like a like a push pop. It's like a, a handheld kind of sushi yes, roll. Very and similar. Then, yeah. And then the, the soy sauce came in a little a little plastic fish bottle, fish-shaped bottle with a little cap on its snout. And oh, then you just twist it off goodness. the cap. And then you could, of course, put the cap back on and squeeze a little soy sauce in there. It was genius. I love that. Yeah. Very similar vibes. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that we ate that was really great, and it was definitely, I feel like anyone, when you think of Waikiki, Waikiki, the extra key on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Waikiki on. Uh, <laughs> Waikiki on. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't think of that. Oh my God. How is it not until you're home recording a podcast in Pittsburgh that you thought of Waikiki on? I know. It's, uh, you know, we were just yeah. under the influence. Eating dull whips. Yeah. We were. Um, I forgot what I was saying now. Oh, okay. Um, is um, there's a place called Marugame Udon, and it's like the line is notoriously wrapped around the corner. They make fresh udon noodles, and it is so good. And we went at like two thirty in the afternoon, and it was the perfect time. We got right in there. Mm. It's very like it's like a well-oiled machine. It's like you you have to know what you want when you get there. It's like no soup for you sort of situation. But mm-hmm. it was so good and so fresh and ugh, I loved it. Um, so that was another highlight for sure. Uh, I mean, it, it felt like, you know, uh, I, it was like each day was like, you're still in Hawaii. I think you've been there for weeks. It felt like you had been on this trip for a long time. I know. And like, I will say like towards the end, I also got a little bit sick towards the end, mm. like the last two days. And I don't even know what I had. And I'm, I feel like I'm just coming out of it. Um, it wasn't like a proper head cold, but it kind of, it felt like, when you have a cold and it's like your first good day where you feel like you're getting better, but for like three days in a row, I was like, I- I'm not getting sicker, but I'm not getting better. It was annoying, mm. but I, you know, I pushed through. And on the way, the flight on the way back was perfect. Nothing was delayed. Um, you know, we had, mo- uh, I watched Crazy Rich Asians and I watched the Harry Potter reunion on HBO Max. Um, it was great. And Nothing. And did you have yeah. like a connection in LA? Like, what was the flight back situation? We went to Chicago, so it was like an eight-hour flight. Um, but we left at like five thirty, like Honolulu time. So we woke up in Chicago at like six a.m. So it was kind of like we were almost back on the schedule. Oh yeah, even though you know with, uh, you sleep as much as you can, but airplane sleep is not sleep. You know, oh, God, I you know I dream of the day I get a you know we've talked about this like the lie down beds oh. and. I mean, I I came close. I was like, how much is it? But it's so expensive. It's insane. It's just like, (sighs) am I going to pay that much to lay down and not experience it because I'm sleeping, you know? Yeah, why? Um, That's what I want for my birthday for like the rest of my life. Just, I mean, I guess I just want money really (laughs) to pay for that. I just want like stupid amounts of money so that whenever I travel... I can feel as comfortable as I want to feel, you know, Uh, which is like not even being that bratty because when you look at like commercial coach airline, you know, flying, it's miserable. It's so fucking tight. So, you know, I'm not asking for anything other than a more than a glorified bus experience, but for the hundreds of dollars, you know, Um, or even like the middle ground, like the business class, like where the chairs are wider and, you know, I, I would take that. 
Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Just like having that shimmy room to kind of like get comfortable. Yes, 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 um, yes. Now I have to ask, upon your return to Pittsburgh, uh, how was how was your reunion with uh, Lucy Ann Goosey? Oh, it was sweet. My parents brought her to Pittsburgh, which was very nice because I was. Mm. Not feeling well, and um, they just kind of volunteered to do it. And they kept her all 10 days. There were no problems. She only peed in the house once. Um, you know, and, and she was, a stick of butter and in the sink. stick of butter in the sink. I don't know how she got in my parents' sink. It's like it defies logic. Um, and I just, I don't know how she didn't, like, hurt herself. Like, I... But either way, she humped. She humped. She hopped. <laughs> she probably humped a little too. Let's be honest. <laughs> she hopped into my parents' sink and ate a stick of butter, and I'm like, "What?" But also, yeah, it's. Uh, but when she came home, it was very sweet. It's like she remembered us. I was like, "What if she doesn't remember us?" Right, uh, right. But she did, and um, it was. You know, she's up to her like old tricks already. She like peed in the bed the second day she was back. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Jesus. But also. It's like, even on the group chat, it's like, I, I was painting her to be this nightmare of a dog, but she she isn't, she isn't. So, like, I'm just trying to figure her out. But, like, there are glimpses of her. You know, she laid down twice today on her own, and that is a win. Mm, um, she's finally, like, tiring out a smidge. There are glimpses. So, we're on our way, but um, it's good to see Lucy. Oh, well, that's the important thing is, like, if you feel... If you feel excited to see her again, you feel all those feelings, yes. and it's like, all right, you know, she has, she's, you know what, and she's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna poop all over that house before <laughs> yeah. you're done with her, and it is what it is. Yeah, know? I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like never letting her upstairs in the bed again. I just don't oh even know God. why she. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know why she did it, but yeah. Yeah, she really, uh, you know, I mean, they say don't shit where you eat, but like, don't pee where like the best, the best sleeping spot in the house. I know. You know? Um, that's Lucy. That's Lucy. Little Lucy. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome back. Uh, I'm sure, you know, there's all the, the usual returning to work feelings and returning to life and kind of the vacation come down and yeah. uh, it's dark at four o'clock soon. I know. So, you know, I hope you enjoyed yourself. <laughs> we did. It was it was really a great vacation. And, you know, there's so much more to tell. But I think those I feel good with what we covered today. Well, I, I think it's great. And yeah. uh you know, uh, I feel like every time I go on a vacation like that, it's like I just want to hang on to like the 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 pearls of it, hang on to the driving through the jungle part of it. You uh, know, it was the just, coast. Oh my yeah. god, it was the water. I just can't get over it. I'm like the dancing, and the dancing. Now, of course, the last question is: Would you go back to Hawaii? Is that like a place you want to make as a destination? Yeah, it's like I would. I would not go to Waikiki, and really, it wasn't like. I know I was like talking about how many kids there are, but like it is a good location if you want to be like near the water. And I wouldn't go back to Waikiki, but it is a good like first time in Hawaii location. But I would love to go to a different island or even stay on like the North Shore of Oahu. Like that was when we finally got the Jeep and went to Kualoa Ranch, like just driving along that road. It was, I feel like it's comparable to like, you know, California when you're driving on the coast it was it was gorgeous so mm. I would love to go to a different island absolutely I, I mean I need to save like <laughs> ten thousand well, yeah. dollars because that's sort of, that's how I feel my I, like how much we spent on like food alone but uh it was great it was awesome ah oh, well welcome back and uh and just in time because I think we're being played off I knew we it. are being played off it still happens um but that being said, uh, where can folks find more of you? 
They can find me on my other podcast, The Good Vanilla. I'm hoping to put out an episode this week. It's been a while. I've t- taken a little bit of a hiatus, but, you know, I'll, I'll get back on there. On, in the saddle, I guess. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. How about you? Uh, well, you could find me on, uh, certainly on All Right Mary, where we are on the main feed. We've wrapped up some of our All Right Scaries. We're also doing on the main feed Dragula Titans uh, and on Patreon, we're covering Drag Race UK Season 4. You can find me on Instagram at ColinDrucker underscore. And of course, you can find more of both of us in a best supporting capacity on Instagram at BSAPod. Or you can send us an email at TheBSAPod at gmail.com. And uh, keep your peepers peeled, especially if you're a Patreon, because uh, we are back covering season one of Smash this week. We are up to episode 12. We are coming just around the riverbend to opening night. Uh, So if you want to join us for Smash, if you want to catch up on old episodes of the Best Supporting After Show, if you want to get access to these main episodes a couple days early every week, all for $5 a month, uh, just go to patreon.com slash bsapod. Things are heating up over there. We're doing a Bollywood number this week. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I I almost lost my peanuts. Okay, uh, but, you know, yes. Oh, but we will get there when we get there. And uh, we are in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> and that, as they say, is that.